Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Lean Toss Up CDL um, sports uh, betting esports betting co- uh, podcast. Uh, I'm joined here uh, always, as always, with my guest uh, at CDL Metrics. Uh, how are you doing today, Ryan? I am doing well. Um, yeah, we've got more COD this weekend, next weekend, the major after that. We're kind of starting to get into the swing of things where COD is kind of on a regular basis, or at least regular on the weekends. Um, we do have a little bit of a schedule change coming up this weekend, which honestly, I'm shocked the COD League didn't catch it like right away when they released the schedule, because um, this Sunday is obviously Super Bowl Sunday, which is huge in the U.S. and in Canada, I'm sure it's big too. Um, so they have moved the last Sunday game to Friday uh, to be the last Friday game. So we've got four on Friday, four on Saturday, uh, and then just two on Sunday. So we can enjoy the Super Bowl. So it's a front-loaded schedule. There's a lot of good matchups, and I am ready to break them down. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm actually surprised they did do it. I mean, they... Um... They've kind of very clearly tried to like have you like they they very clearly tried to make work the schedule around the Super Bowl because they decided to put the first week of the CDL regular season the week before the week of the Pro Bowl to not have it compete mm-hmm. with that so that was seemed like a very deliberate attempt um, but then somehow the next week they they forgot or whatever I don't know maybe then they realized they moved the matches around so but I mean that's that's fine it doesn't really that match we'll talk a bit more about that match specifically because there's some there's some movements around that match one thing I want to highlight though before we move on here is that last year I know there was a part midway through the season where we called the CDL the chalk league and we were right um, I think there was like a Sunday, a Saturday or a couple weekends in there where like on a, any given day, and this is back when they had three matches a day on, on the weekends. I think we went through a Saturday where there was either nine or 10 maps total. And like, yeah, yeah you could see these blowouts coming a mile away and they were there. Now, last week, the, the betting philosophy we used and, and rather to much success was we went, we went through all the matchups and we said, okay, we know nothing about any of these teams. We're gonna. There's an argument to take every single underdog, and we mostly did that, and it most and it pretty well paid out. With only a couple, like only a couple of favorites actually ended up winning. I think, I think London won as the favorite against Florida, but depends on when you bet that. And near the end, it, Florida was becoming a favorite. Um, I think, yeah, Seattle was an underdog. Phase was the Phase was the favorite against Thieves, and they won. And I think was that it? Was just two favorites, one, two, two money line uh, favorites. Like Florida would have been a favorite over Paris. I yes, think. sorry, that's right. Yes, um, they were. So three, three out of the ten. Yeah, and I think that's uh, it then, because Toronto lost as the favorite. Seattle, Seattle beating New York would yes. have been a favorite win. Yes, right. uh, Four. Boston winning versus LAG right away. So we had a few favorites, oh, okay. not not like super convincing, but we did have some really big underdogs win too. Yes. So like in general, even though the it was kind of fifty fifty between favorites and underdogs, like a lot of the underdogs were plus two hundred, plus three hundred or more. Um, you know, on the money line, their plus one and a half numbers were even decent. Um, like I know LAG in that first match versus Boston, they were a pretty significant underdog. Um, and they were even plus money to get to a map five, which they did get to, they almost pulled out the win. Um, 
Yeah, and we saw a lot of um, kind of what I was preaching last week about kind of playing off of teams that are sort of on a hot streak or performing well and like zigzagging off of them. So uh, like last week, we talked about LAG quite a bit. We liked them in the first match versus Boston. They didn't get a win, um, but we even said like, hey, even if they don't get a win, you know, if they don't look great, it might not be a bad idea to back them versus New York. Yep. And sure enough, LAG come out and beat New York pretty easily. Granted, oh. New York was off off of a sweep of themselves, so both teams looked a little shaky. But um, that tended to work out. Florida bounced back huge after a sweep against London. They took out Paris pretty easily. Uh, Atlanta bounced back after a shaky match versus Paris and beat the Thieves pretty easily. Um, one team that really didn't bounce back was Texas, and we'll talk about them further. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, both of their matches went five maps. They ended up losing both. But, um, yeah, it, it's with this kind of league, it just feels like a lot of these teams are really close, and sticking with the underdogs might be the smart play for a while. Well, so that's that's the kind of interesting thing. So when you look at my models, and again, I'll – I, um, we've worked on this. I'll probably publish this on Twitter. Um, right now, I see three very clear tiers in the CDL. I see the top three teams: Phase, Toronto, Seattle. They're all within e- like within a Elo point of each other. So now, again, my model is Elo base two hundred. So uh, that that implies that a team that has an Elo rating two hundred points higher than another one is um, is basically ten times more likely to beat them. So. A difference of one point is negligible. It's nothing. That's like flipping a coin. Yeah. Um, then there's a huge gap, about a 30-ish point ELO gap, and then you have this middle tier of teams. Now, this is basically everybody else, with one exception of Paris. They're in their own low, like far lower tier. They're at minus 40. Everybody else is kind of clustered around even. And then you, that's where you get London. I surprisingly have London as the fourth best team, which is a little surprising, but I think they're, they've kind of earned it to some extent. Maybe a little overvalued, but they've earned it. Then you have Minnesota. Then you have Thieves. You have um, Optic, Boston, um, Florida, um, LAG, New York. They're all clustered in around there. And then obviously Paris is just by and far the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. Um, the thing of it is, is that last week we had a lot of diversity where teams played other teams within their, like we had a lot of middle tier teams playing middle tier teams with bad prices, but this week somehow, basically everybody is playing a team from a different tier than them. And cause that, that's a function of Toronto's playing two matches this week. Um, FaZe is only playing one match this week, but Seattle is back to, I think Seattle is playing, no, Seattle's only playing one match. But so that that's four out of the ten matches right there, and then Paris plays two matches, so everybody's a tier better than Paris. So that's up to six matches, and then other teams they're kind of like there's some there's some ground, but in some ways, like again, the whole point of rearranging the schedule, what which which was said was that this is going to make this is going to balance the schedule. Well, they didn't actually say it for that. They meant to say hey, I was going to everybody play everybody, but at least from what I'm looking at, there doesn't seem to be a lot of balance here. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think this is a do you see a lot of value this week or do you just see a couple of spot plays? Yeah, um, I don't like this week quite as much as last week. Um, I actually so the way I look at it, you're right in that there's a lot of teams like cross tier matchups, I guess you would call them where a top team's playing a middling team or 
vice versa, or, you know, like a lot of those matchups. So the spreads and the lines on these matches for the most part are pretty large. Um, like the closest, uh, or like the smallest money line favorite, it looks like would be like London versus Minnesota. At least that's what I'm seeing. They're minus 210. Uh, yeah, and that's the closest we have. So again, I think it's a valuable week for underdogs. The way I see these matches kind of, um, piggybacking off of, um, kind of that, you know, fade a team when they're hot, buy a team when they're, you know, quote-unquote stock price is low um i also don't see a lot of those like teams who are hot are playing each other teams who are not are playing each other teams who are kind of middling for the most part are playing each other so i'm not seeing those big discrepancies um so you know i don't think it'll be a, a high activity week for me um but i do think again we're gonna see underdogs do well for the most part um, so whether you want to back a money line or plus the map and a half spread, whatever it might be, I still think that's a good call until we get more maps and really start to nail down who are the top teams, who are the middle teams, and who are the bottom teams. I do agree with your tiers that like Atlanta, Toronto, Seattle, kind of however you want to put them in that order. I personally have Toronto number one, um, but it's really close between them and Seattle. And obviously Atlanta is still Atlanta. Um Optic, I think, want to be in that tier, but they just haven't shown us anything yet to really convince anybody that they are in that tier. You know, Thieves have shown us a little bit, but they also looked bad against FaZe in their one matchup last week. And then you go on and on and on with the rest of the middle of the pack, and it's kind of like, we've seen good, we've seen bad, and then there's Paris at the bottom where, you know, it's been rough uh, pretty much every series uh, besides the FaZe series where they actually almost could have won, which would have been a huge shock. But yeah, it's it's going to be competitive. I really think even like the tier gaps themselves are smaller than what we saw last year. Like you could even argue last year, like Atlanta was tier one throughout the majority of the season. Like they were top tier, obviously. And then people a lot of times would slot in Toronto and tier two and whoever was hot, maybe Dallas, maybe New York in that tier two, when really it, it maybe was like Atlanta's in tier one, there's nobody in tier two, and those teams are tier three. Like, there was such a gap um, at the top, whereas this year I think it's, you know, when you're ranking teams, you're splitting hairs, and when you're trying to separate tiers, it can be really tricky to, you know, include certain teams or not. So, um, and I think, again, that's just part of this game that we're playing. It's a really fast-paced um you know, short time to kill game where just making things really mixy can work out really well. So um, I think search and destroy strats matter. Wherever you can get team coordination, that is obviously going to matter a ton. And that could be the separator between the good teams and the bad teams. Um, or if we have some sort of drastic meta change. But um, I'm excited for the rest of the year because, man, we're going to have a lot of close matches. We're going to have a lot of upsets. And honestly, watching this game play is kind of fun. Like, dare I say, maybe more exciting than Cold War. Um, maybe not to play, but at least to watch. Yeah, I, I think so too, right? I think um, I, I think this is this game has not been bad. Cold War at times was kind of boring. I think 
we all feel that way. Sometimes it had some really boring maps and moments. Um, but I think outside of that, I think in in some ways it was like there were some good moments in Cold War, but I think this game is a bit more mixy. It's it's basically like Modern Warfare if there was four people, which I think is better because a lot of the times in Modern Warfare, the problem was that there was five people. So you're like, oh, there's just always someone contesting the point or or God, another Hackney or Dom, right? Like so many, yeah. uh, there was problems with that game and this fixes some of the problems, but then it creates a whole bunch of other problems, which I guess will probably be fixed once we get a better map pool. I think control is fundamentally broken in a 4v4 mode. I think that's the problem. I think that it worked so well in Black Ops 4 as a 5v5 because you could always send someone off to contest a point, right? You can go 4v5 on a point that's fine. You can have someone go contest another point or something. But when it's 4v4, there's just that one less body. That actually has a huge impact on the amount of map control anybody can have at any given moment. I think that's a huge problem. And I think Cold War should have been the warning sign that this wasn't state. This wasn't uh, this wasn't feasible going forward. But we apparently the developers ignored that, or I think more along the lines of the Call of Duty League ignored that. And I hope we can fix that in the future and get something else in there. But uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we're going to have that. But but anyway, I think yeah, this week is going to be interesting. There's some value plays. Uh, let's get to it. So first game we have we have Minnesota uh, Minnesota. Um, yeah, sorry, no, my bad, wrong day. Boston versus Paris. Um, the again, if you're looking up Bovada, Bovada will quote these lines. Some better prices on Bet three six five, but. The Bovada lines, I think, is more widely available to to our viewers. Uh, Boston minus one and a half is minus one thirty five. Paris plus one and a half plus one hundred and five. Uh, Boston minus three sixty. Paris plus two fifty. Um, Paris, who I can only assume is tanking for a better draft pick, um, is. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what this team like. It, it randomly, this team turned up for phase. I have no idea why. There wasn't even a revenge game. Maybe some of them had played with FaZe at some point. I don't know. It's such a weird mishmash of people. Somehow John is good on this team, but John was never, like, bad. It's just that, like, I think if he's on a team of people who are not as good, then that's that's where some of that... Like, you just get some kills for that, right? So John and, John and, and Temp are actually pretty good. Fellow is still a problem, as is... Um, Who's the last player on the Decimate. Yeah, Decimate has not been looking great. Um, my model. Um, so again, I'm all we're 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 about to. Re- I'll release these on Twitter. But my model has Boston minus one and a half, minus one thirty five. So I actually I'm dead even with the market. Um, again, to be fair though, when you're dealing with um, when when you're dealing with um, esport betting lines, some of the times they they they, they have a higher fig. So. They um that one thirty if we're both agreeing on one thirty five it means that it's basically you there is a little not so much value which is like that's fairly okay if you agree with the betting line that's fine um I actually have Boston favored in every game mode the only reason I think the only reason to not bet this game not bet the minus one and a half here and again you can look at some spreads here just looking at the game spreads here um Boston minus thirty one and a half game one that's pretty affordable. 250 to 200 game one that's a that's a relatively consistent thing that's a very easy that's a relatively that happens a lot i mean paris got blown out i think in both hard points by florida by easily that margin i think it's definitely very like you could tackle this by the 
game one spread. You could tackle the, the, the sp- game spread itself. I think there's a lot of different ways you can you can bet this. Do you see any reason to bet Paris here, or are you going to go with uh, with Boston? I actually do like Paris a little bit. This is um, it's it's a tough spot though, right? Because have we already seen the best of Paris? You know, I don't think so. They look did impress against Atlanta, no doubt, uh, and then obviously came back and did not do much against Florida. I do think. This is a match where we have kind of different quote-unquote stock prices for both teams, though. Like, Boston is still a pretty fan-favorite team. Um, they did get a win last week uh, over LAG. Congrats to them. Uh, they got it done in five maps. Uh, and then the last match we saw before that was their kickoff match versus New York, which was a, a map five loss. So they're dead even in map record and match record, all that stuff. Um against, you know, two teams that are in the middle of the pack. So Boston, probably a middle-of-the-pack team. We've talked a lot about Paris already, about how they are not that great, probably the worst team in the league. But I will say the plus one-and-a-half is an intriguing price for me. I do. My model actually thinks um, it's a 56% chance uh, Paris covers that map-and-a-half. So the fact that I'm getting plus money or better on that makes it a good bet. And again, a lot of that has to do with Paris's worst mode being search and destroy. That map won't come up until game five. Uh, Game two, obviously, they play it. But when you're just trying to cover a map and a half, you just got to split those first four maps. I do think Boston are slightly, slightly better at hardpoint and at control um, but not significantly enough for them to maybe take it in four maps. So I do think this goes the distance. I see a Boston 3-2 win. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of value on Paris if you're willing to take them. I know a lot of people aren't. You know, it's the worst team in the league, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, Paris have had a pretty tough schedule off the rip, um, playing the Thieves in the kickoff classic, who look like they're a solid team. Uh, having to play Atlanta, you know, quite possibly a a top two, top three team. Uh, and then a Florida team that I think is also in that middle group. So, um, yeah, I'm looking for a long series to kick things off. Uh, you know, if, if Paris want to win this, I do think they're going to have to do it in four or less. So, honestly, don't be shocked if Paris come out in 3-1. Uh, I know a lot of people will be, but um, I think that's probably their easiest way to win this is just to avoid that last search and destroy because their team coordination in that game mode has just not been there whatsoever. So I lean Paris, but I'm okay if you want to stay away. Um, And yeah, you you can even make a case for Boston too. It's just, I don't know, it's one of those matches where it's a a tough call either way, I think. Yeah, I think. It's like we both have this is priced about right. I'd say. I think I I I match the betting market almost exactly. I think you have a little bit of value on Paris. It's about the right price. I I will say that after um after Boston beat um LAG, it was so funny. The casters were like, "Is this team top four? I'm just like, "This is insane. This is like, yeah. this is the Slow definition. Your role, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like whoa, this is like insane overhyping. Like you, this team took." lost to New York at five and then beat LAG a team that was probably not that good, but like an okay team beat them and had to, was taken to five games by them. And then the only reason they won that series is because LAG was apparently really bad at, at search and destroy that day. But like, 
if that doesn't happen, like Boston goes down and then suddenly they're one, like they're zero with two, right? Like they're a one and one team is somehow like a top four team just because they took two, like they took two series to five games. Like no. That being said, though, I worry that. I think that sometimes people will get into the mindset of like, oh, okay, well, the Boston will always take teams to five. They'll never win in four. But like at that point, though, like the, at some point they have to play a series of less than five games. Maybe maybe another series this week will be two games. They play a phase later. We'll talk about that one. But like, yeah, I, I don't hate the Boston minus one and a half. I think this team isn't bad. I just think that they're better than Paris. And I don't know how this team was able, I don't know how this Paris team was able to take the fight to phase. Maybe phase was just, kind of laying down there a little bit, but I, um, I, I kind of think that I kind of think that with, um, I, I think this pair, like the, the, the effort they had against Florida was pretty abysmal. Like their hard points were bad. Their control was pretty bad too. Um, like I, I just, I can't bet on, and, and the, I think, yeah, they won Paris. No, what did Paris do? Paris won the hard first hard point. No, they didn't No, They lost the hard point. They took the surge from the Mutineers yeah. in six-five fashion. That was their only win. Um, yeah, both hard points did not look great. They lost by fifty on Bocage and one hundred and ten on Tuscan. Uh, the control went to a mat or a, a round five, so that was kind of close. Um, uh, but yeah, backtrack Paris versus Atlanta. You know, Paris win the game one hard point against Atlanta. Granted, it was on Gavutu which might not be the best map for Atlanta. The casters were talking about how, you know, that's a map where you, you pretty much need three ARs at a time, which takes an SMG out of the hands of Simp. Um, uh, Paris then flop in uh, Desert Siege Search. Uh, again, just not their game mode at all. Uh, and then they come back and win control, Gavutu 3-1, uh, which means they won at least one offense in that match. Uh, again, might not be Atlanta's map. Atlanta might just forget about Gavudu the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, if Paris can get those maps against Boston, and we'll see if Boston wants to play those, um, they've got a shot. But um, I agree, Boston should be favorites. I just, the price is just a little too high for me. Again, we need more maps for everybody. Um, but, you know, if you want Boston, like, you made the case for them, feel free to... I just I'd rather go Paris or nothing honestly. It's it's a tough one to call, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Don't don't bet everything on, on the first game. There's there's better games. Game 2, Minnesota Rocker versus Seattle Surge. Minnesota is at, for plus 1.5 is plus 125. Seattle Surge -1.5 Minnesota +265 on the money line. Surge -400. This game I've got this is a slight value on Minnesota. Minnesota was a team everybody basically thought was dead, and then they beat Optic, and now they kind of still think it's dead, but not as dead as before, if that makes sense. Um, I, th- like, they're now, like, semi-competitive in these markets. I, I put the price at plus one and a half as plus 125, uh, or plus 115 on my model, it's plus 125, so that's actually probably... Well, minus one and a half for Seattle. I have it minus one fifteen. They have it minus one sixty five. So there's definitely clear value on Minnesota. I get the money line is about two thirty three. It's two sixty five. So it's not great. I kind of think Seattle does sick. Uh, they do win this series probably three one just because Seattle's strength are, like they just decimate in hard points. 
And I think that that's the problem is I don't think Minnesota can be competitive with Seattle's hard points. And then at that point, then all Seattle has to do is just win one of the search, which they're favored in, and then the control, which they're also favored in. I think that this is not a great matchup for Minnesota. And what I'm looking at is I'm looking at them to lose to Surge and then then basically Minnesota's price going up against London. And then we'll talk about that in London match later. But I think that's a great opportunity to invest in in, in Minnesota. I think this team is not one of the best top three teams. I think they're a very clear middle of the pack team. But I think... I think people think this team is like bottom middle of the pack and they're actually more like they're bottom middle of the pack, but they're actually more middle of the pack than bottom. Like there's teams that are definitely better than that. I think a lot of people power rank them below. And I think that we could definitely exploit that on the betting side. I'll let you jump in in one second, but I want to inform you and I want your opinion on this. If you go to Betway, a super, uh, a boost, a Betway boost, which again, generally we want to fade them. But I think this one's a little too tempting to pass up. Boston versus Paris and Seattle Surge versus Minnesota Rock are both to win. At that's at it was at um basically minus uh let's see one point they they quoted as a, as the British line they had one point six six they're upping it to plus one hundred so it's a that's a two point in British odds. I kind of like that bet honestly. I think that's a really like that's a really attractive price point there. What do you like? I kind of really can't like. I I generally try to fade their their boosts, but I don't think I could fade that one. What do you think? Do you do you like that or not? That's Boston parlayed with Seattle. Boston, yeah, both money line parlays, plus one hundred. Eh, um, just the fact that I think there's a little value on Paris already would shy me away from that. Um, again, I don't know if they can win. Right, you're just looking for the the win with Boston. So yeah, maybe. I don't mind that. I do think this Minnesota-Seattle match is super interesting. Um, I So I released my power rankings earlier this week, um, which was a combination of basically the the team scores I have for each of the teams in the league. Um, and it was a combo of uh, the CDL coaches poll heading into last week. And, um, you know, I put all the numbers together in Minnesota – who I had ranked at eighth heading into last week, they get the win over Optic and they actually drop two spots in the rankings that I put out this week. And a lot of people were like, what is this logic? And it's not so much that Minnesota didn't look good. Now they, you know, they struggled at times versus Optic, who look like a struggling team right now. So it's a lot of struggling going on, but. Um, they still got the win. The move down in the power rankings wasn't so much about Minnesota looking bad as it was teams underneath them impressing me a lot more. So I had London underneath them, as a lot of people did. London obviously came out and had the hottest weekend of any team, going 2-0, uh, beating Optic, beating Florida. They look great. They skyrocketed up my rankings, as did uh, Boston Breach. Boston Breach didn't skyrocket, but they looked pretty good against LAG. Uh, and I had Boston underneath Minnesota, they passed Minnesota. I I don't know what to make of this match, though, between Minnesota and Seattle. Um, Minnesota, I don't. they just play a lot of crazy series, uh, and I think people maybe, I don't know, overvalue Minnesota a little bit because they win those crazy series a lot, 
You know, they have the ice, the quote-unquote ice in their veins. Um, you know, obviously the reverse sweep versus Toronto at Major 5 last year happened. The 1v3 lineup for accuracy against Optic happened. This series against Optic happened. Like, Minnesota just, they come out and they win these hard attack matchups. Um, I just, I know Seattle's a great team. Um and I, yeah, I do see a 3-1 surge. Do I want to lay minus 165 that they do it done or that they get it done in three or four maps? Not really, um, but I think I'd lean Seattle. Yeah, I think I'd lean Seattle slightly. Not a game I'm looking for. Um, and yeah, going back to your initial parlay with Boston and Seattle, I don't mind that because... Um, Boston should take care of business against Paris. It might take them longer than people would think, but I do see those teams coming out and winning those first two matches. Yeah, I think I think those are kind of... I don't hate it. I mean, I think... The question is, whenever I look at one of those boosts on, on, on Betway, and again, they do a lot of them in the in the NFL season, and I... With with comparing my NFL model, I was able to look at them and like. There's a lot of times where they're like, "Oh, these three teams," and it'd be like, "Oh, Patriots, Patriots, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, all to win." I'm like, "Okay, well, I have all three of them. I have all three of them losing, so I'm not obviously not betting that. I'm just now more emboldened in my bets." But the thing of it is, is like I try to always figure out, okay, they're not gonna. They're trying not to give you a bet that they think is gonna win. So where do they think the bet falls apart? And I think they think it's. Like I, it's pro, it's pretty clearly they think Paris, but like, is there is that what it is, or do they think there's a non-zero chance Minnesota upset Seattle? Like they have, they, there's a reason why they make that bet, right? And I always try to figure out which one they think is gonna is gonna, because if not, if they if not, they just they're not giving away money for free, right? They're trying to figure out which leg is gonna is gonna get them the, the win, right? And I think they think it's. Maybe they think it's Minnesota. I don't know, but honestly, that's just, sometimes they do lose. Like they're not perfect. They're not. Uh, they're not like they're not infallible. They can lose bets sometimes. They lose boost sometimes, and that's kind of the thing. Like they they don't mind losing boost sometimes, right? So I don't I don't hate that one. It's only plus a hundred, right? So they don't really care about it that much. But yeah, I think maybe I'll take a maybe I'll take a stab at that one. We'll have to see. Next up, we have Toronto Ultra versus LEG. Um, LAG emboldened after narrowly losing to Boston, which again, they probably should have won that game. And then they immediately just destroy almost just 3-0 um, New York subliners. Toronto minus 1.5, minus uh, 220. LAG plus 1.5, plus 165 on Bavada. Minus 500 on the money line, plus 330 for LAG. Um, similar prices on... On bet three sixty five, except you're getting plus one seventy five, and then plus three fifty on the on the money line and spread for LAG. My model actually has this as relatively competitive. I find the plus one and a half is plus one thirty two, so there's some slight value on that. Not a lot though. I kind of think the better value is like so. My model has again it takes into account different hard point games. Like generally Toronto's been. Like it takes into account map ones and map fours. Um, I have Toronto doing better at map one. That's because I think LEGs had a couple of bad game one hard points. Um, they lost against the, they lost to Boston. They lost to Florida. Um, I believe they only they only won in three of those. But they've they've done a lot better in game four hard points. I like 
I have game four as like a 20 point hard point game, but I have game one as like a 70 point hard point game. And I think the value here is betting LAG hard point spread game one. Toronto has been a little soft in hard points. Um, they lost badly in game one to uh, the Thieves. They lost to Seattle game one. They lost to, um, and then they also, they lost to, actually they lost to Seattle again this this time in game one. I think their hard point game has suffered a little bit and I'm not, uh, I think the plus one, the, the plus one and a half isn't bad here. I don't think LAG are able to pull it out because I think their search is a little too weak. Um, I have by, by like I have Toronto winning each search six three, and then the control. But the plus one and a half getting it done in both hard points and then maybe stealing a control or something. Like sometimes this Toronto team is dumb. Like the thing is, I think this is either like Toronto wins his game three zero or it goes to game five and Toronto wins game five. I, I think it's kind of a crazy thing like that. And at that point, then I think you want to take the dog. I never love betting against my team, Toronto, but I kind of think there's value on this LAG team. I think I think people are really low on them, and I think there's they're unnecessarily low on them just because the, the name is LAG. What do you think? Yeah, um, another tough one, yeah. Uh, I would say, man, it's tough though, right? Because in my mind, right, Toronto are a better team, no doubt. Toronto better than LAG. But thinking about it in terms of like hot cold, like Toronto come out last week and lose their match. I think people remember that. Now they lost it in a map five round 11 against Seattle, who very well could be the best team in the league. So, you know, it's tough stuff. Uh, LAG, what people remember last is ASIM going nuts on that control on Tuscan against New York um, and just taking care of business. Uh, so I was kind of hoping the Toronto price would be a little cheaper. Uh, I see minus 500 on the money line. That's, yeah, that's a little too rich. I do think the best way to play this, I know your model separates map one and map four from each other. Um, I would wait a little bit and see if we can get the maps before this match starts, because I think there might be value all year on, like, whoever's an underdog, map one, if that game is on Bocage, that seems like a really good play. Because Bocage, like, seemingly every game is down to the wire. Now there have been a couple blowouts. I think Atlanta has really, really done well on Bocage. Yeah, they won 250 to 136 against the Thieves. Um, and I want to say they, yeah, they played Seattle at the kickoff, won 250 to 150. So they're like the one team that seems to know how to play Bocage. Every other team is like, you know, it's just a fight for every hill and every game is seemingly within, you know, 20, 30 points of each other. So that might be the way I play it. The thing is, I don't know if Toronto's going to want to play Bocage for the rest of the year. Uh, they're 0-2 on that map, uh, and they're 5-1 and on every other hardpoint map. And it kind of makes sense. Like, Toronto's not like a cracked-out-of-their-mind team where they're flying all over the place. Um, in Bocage, you kind of need to be that team that's just flying around like crazy. Um so yeah, I don't think they'll play the Bocage as long as they're avoiding that. Um, I think they're okay, but 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can make the case for LAG for sure. Uh, yeah, money line plus 330 is really high. The plus one and a half at plus 165 is nice. It's just I don't see an edge, um, you know, in any mode or map, really, unless, again, if Toronto decide to play Bocage Hardpoint, that could be one where LAG get it back. Um, but, yeah, I just think fundamentally Toronto a much better search team a much better control team. But yeah, I mean, upsets happen. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I I do think Toronto bounced back from a a really tough loss against a good Seattle team, and um, LAG kind of reaffirms their spot in the middle of the pack. Um, So I I see it as a Toronto probably 3-1. Yeah, again, it all depends on the Bocage. Uh, even Tuscan, uh, Toronto did lose uh, a Tuscan hard point. They're one and one on that map. Again, another faster paced hard point map. So uh, if you can catch them on these fast paced maps, I think you got a shot. But again, it all depends on how the vetoes go, um, you know, how those early maps pan out. And uh, yeah, who gets like the veto advantage. I don't know what they're doing in terms of like, who gets first veto if it's just like a coin flip like it was in Modern Warfare or if it's like the team with more CDL points or some combination of that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to touch this match either. But what you said before, um, I guess that was the match before the Minnesota-Seattle one, kind of piggybacking if Minnesota don't look good, maybe take them against London. I could see that being the case again this weekend with, you know, Toronto, if they come out slow, you know, maybe you, you bet that they bounce back against Florida later in the week. Um, so that might be a way to play it. I, yeah, I just think it's a tough one, but I, I just know for a fact Toronto's the better team. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that, right? Toronto actually has a long history of beating Florida. Um, so I, I'm, I'm good with that. I think, Fundamentally, I think with Florida and and with with Toronto specifically, I think if you like, I think the way to attack this Toronto team is through hardpoint, and I think this LEG like this LEG team has the tools to have like an amazing hardpoint, like to be just amazing at hardpoint, and I think if they can figure out a way to put it all together. I think you could be looking at like a really, really good hard point team. Now, if you can put the search together and then you need to get the control together, but if you can get those first pieces together, you have a really good team there. And I think Toronto has shown a little weakness in, in hard point, but at the same time, like I've got, I've bet already LAG plus, I think 30, what's the, what's the line game one? Oh, it's 24 and a half. I was, I think I got that better. Let me just check to see what I had. But no, I, I think um, that I may have already, there might have been some sharps on that. Let's see. Um, I've got LAG plus 30. Oh, no. Uh, LAG. No, I didn't. I never did bit that one. Okay. So that was always kind of short. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I bet a different line. Sorry. But no, I, I think there may be some value. Actually, so yeah, here's crazy value. So tr- map one, Toronto minus twenty four and a half, and then map four, Toronto's minus thirty nine and a half. That's weird. So I think people are betting map one, but they're not betting LAG on map four. I think that if this does go to a map four, that's not a horrible bet to have. Like you could bet that early, and then it, if it, it'll cash, right? But I don't know. I 
maybe this maybe there's no value in this. Like Toronto could just win three zero, and then then all this is kind of mute moot. But I think it's a little bit of mispricing. Maybe I won't touch this. We'll have to see. But anyway, moving on to the last game on Friday now, which is the fourth game. This is moved from the Super Bowl. New York Subliners versus LA Thieves. Now this game opened at LA Thieves minus one and a half, uh, plus one ten. Um, it's actually the spreads aren't online on on Bavada, but they are online on Bet365. Subliners are plus 400 on Bet365. Thieves minus 700. Subliners plus 1.5, plus 175. Thieves minus 1.5, minus 250. So that, that line has moved tremendously. Um, I, for this game, I am concerned about... Now, I originally bet Thieves. I, I bet this game because at the time it was supposed to be at the same time as the Super Bowl. I bet this game because I wanted to parlay um, thieves. I wanted to bet LA. I wanted to do an LA parlay. I wanted to do LA thieves, LA um, LA thieves, LA Rams. Fortunately, though, um, this game was moved, so now it's on Friday. So now I have a long, kind of a long run parlay. I got amazing closing line value, but I'm seriously debating a hedge here because I am concerned. Generally, when teams make team changes, generally they turn out better, right? And there's a long history of this and. I've made quite a lot of money last year betting on the, on the, so whenever the team change, bet on the team that made the team the roster move. But that being said, though, I if there's ever a time when that won't apply, it would be this time because right now they literally signed they signed royalty, which is the new replacement player. They signed royalty last night. I'm assuming they have scrimmed today, and then the thing is, originally they were scheduled to play on Sunday. So if they made the team change, they would have had. All Thursday, all Friday, all Saturday, you have three full days to scrim, and then you have some Sunday because they're the last game on Sunday, and then they they play then. They now have a day and a half because the game got moved. So I am a lot more – it's really hard for me to say, okay, hedge or not hedge at this point. I think this New York team could be good. I just don't know if it's going to be this game. And again, this is the only game they play this weekend, right? So if they lose this game and they lose this game like 3-1 or something – then watch out for them next weekend. I don't know who they're playing next weekend, but I'm definitely going to be I'm going to blind pick them next weekend. Um what do you what do you think? Do you do you agree with that assessment? There's probably value in the subliners or do you think that maybe this game this game is chalk just because it's a brand new roster with like a day and a half of practice? What what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of of the belief that that the yeah the line is moving too much. If you're giving me plus four hundred, I like that. Um, the thing is, it could just be a wash, right? That you know the team change does help, but the time to prepare does not help. So if that kind of equals out, let's just call the New York subliners of today the New York subliners of last week. And where do those subliners compare to thieves? I think they're pretty close. Um, Now, I do think Thieves should win this match. Um, I do think we could see something similar to what we saw at the kickoff for last season. Uh, New York had a lot of roster shuffling going on at the time. Um, They couldn't get Hydra into uh, America yet. Uh, They just started practicing with Diamond Con, and they were playing the uh, champs winners in Dallas Empire. Everyone kind of predicted a 3-0 for Dallas. That's what happened, and it was kind of like, this New York team has potential, it's just today, they're not great. I can definitely see that happening, um, where Thieves just come out and New York is not prepared at all with their new player, and they lose 3-0 or something like that. 
And I think people will just chalk that up as like, you know what? They made a roster move. They didn't have a lot of time to prepare. It is what it is. Um, But I don't know. I kind of think in this game where like it's super fast paced and team coordination doesn't matter necessarily as much as it did last year, especially in hard point and control. Like I do think New York could maybe take, you know, two of those first four maps. So the plus one and a half I'd be interested in. I do worry a lot with a new player and not a lot of time to prepare that the search might not be great unless royalty himself is like a phenomenal search player who can just kind of play with anyone. Um, I just, yeah, I worry with those with map two with map five a little bit, but I think they can keep things scrappy in map one, three and four. So for that reason, I don't hate plus a map and a half, whatever number that gets to, because I think that plus 400 money line is already even too high. So if I were you, I would just, I, I wouldn't hedge. I'm not one to hedge that often. You got good closing line value with the thieves. I would just hold on to that. You made a good bet. That's good. Uh, but if you want to do this today or tomorrow, I think just wait and wait and wait because the narrative that subliners are unprepared, new player, you know, is he even better than Neptune? We don't know. I think that's just going to keep perpetuating and this number could grow and grow and grow. So if you like New York like I do, wait on it just keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting because we're not going to see either of these teams play earlier in the day like there's no you know line movement based on previous matches so i i would lean new york but again if if it makes you nervous because of the whole team fluctuation that's okay too it's just both of these teams are kind of in the same basket um I think I'd really like New York if Thieves put up a fight last week against FaZe, but the fact that they didn't and the fact that New York looked bad kind of muddies the water a little bit for me, but uh, with all that said, I I think I still lean New York. Not to win, but to at least look good. Well, I mean, to be fair, Thieves were really good in that first hard point against FaZe, right? They barely lost that. They were very competitive in the in the search. I think they lost that six four. Um, mm-hmm. It was relatively close. It was back and forth, but then I think Phase went up five four, and then they just won the last round. the The control was a bit blowout. I think it was a three one blowout. I was not as three zero. I can't remember. But three zero, three zero, yeah. But then that's when Phase just kind of ran away with the series. Right after the after they got the momentum in that search, they just went. They blew out the series. Right, they went the three zero on. I believe it was. Yeah, it was Tuscan, I think. The control was Tuscan and then and then they just blew them out in a Bocage. Bocage, that's they're, right. They're Bocage. just the Bocage demons. Like I'm I would not be surprised if FaZe don't play that map like for the rest of the major. Because my goodness, they are like far and away the best team in that map and mode. So well, if you I think, think about it, it, it makes be an auto veto. Yeah, it makes perfect sense for them to be the best Bocage team, right? Because a lot of people say that, that individually the phase players are the best, right? And they're not a teamwork team. Toronto is a teamwork team, right? In that case, if it's if it's Bacage, then they can all just run around and just slay people, right? And then they just like, well, whatever, we'll get in the point when we can't get in the point. But if if Bacage is, I mean, although it's a small map, if it's all just individual gunfights, then it makes a lot of sense that 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 would be a really good map for them. Versus Toronto, they played I think one Bacage and they lost it. I think that was to Seattle. And it makes sense that they would lose that Bacage because if they're trying to work as a team and there's just chaos happening everywhere, then it's 
the, your teamwork pushes don't matter, right? So I, I think that's kind of the point. I don't know. I, I think if they were competitive with FaZe, and I think that's the key thing. Also, next week, just looked up online, Subliners will play Boston, and they will also play FaZe. Watch, here's the thing. If Subliners, like, look, well, I don't even if they look okay here. If they, if, even if they do bad here, like, we might get a ridiculous price against them versus FaZe, which I think we probably will. And I think at that point, that's when you hand, that's when you bet you bet them against Boston. You definitely bet them against Boston. I think you're definitely going to be betting them against. We're definitely going to be betting them against Phase. Maybe even early. You might get something like plus nine hundred against Phase, which would be like if they lose this game three one or three zero, just because they haven't had a chance to practice. That price against Phase is going to be amazing, and I'm going to absolutely. I'm going to immediately bet that. Immediately put a unit on that um, money line spread. Game one spread everything. So moving on to Saturday now. Now we have another four matches. This is gonna be really fun. Four matches in, in eight matches in two days. This is gonna be great. This is like a, a major basically, and it's what the format should be if they actually had matches. Minnesota versus London. Now this is a very interesting game. Um, on on um on Bodog. Um, London. Uh, Minnesota plus one plus one and a half minus one twenty. London minus one and a half minus one hundred. Minnesota plus one fifty eight money line. London minus two ten on the money line. Um, functionally the same as it is on on thing except that in, on Bethesda's guide both are minus one twenty. Um, on my model, I have this game as as basically even. I actually have Minnesota as a slight favorite. I have fifty four percent favorites. That's just because of the search and destroy. I think Minnesota is a better search and destroy team than London. Um, so that like, I think this game goes to five. I think uh, I think the I think Minnesota plus one and a half is great. I think they're about equal on hard point. I think they're, none of them are particularly great. None of them are particularly bad. I think Minnesota's a slightly better search and destroy team. I think control they're basically dead even. So I, I think this game goes to five. I think um actually I think Minnesota like Minnesota could possibly win game four, but I think this game goes to five and I think um I think Minnesota takes it. Uh what do you think? Do you think do you agree with that assessment or do you think that this London Ravens London Royal Ravens team is like legit? Like really legit? Yeah. Um kinda. I mean I preseason ranks I I liked London a lot. Granted, I like Minnesota a lot too. Both I had, I think I had Minnesota sixth overall preseason rankings. London, I want to say I had eighth, um, which, you know, it's not top six, but a lot of people had them 11th or 10th. Um, yeah, I, I do think London's the better team. They're obviously red hot. And, you know, based on the the whole zigzag theory, all that maybe there's value on Minnesota plus um, plus one sixty ish, or if you want to take them plus a map and a half. The thing is, if you think they're the better search team, the money line probably makes a little more sense. Um, granted, you know, if you think they can get to that map five, they should be favorites. Um, that's where that value comes in. Yeah, this is a stay away for me. Um, we're gonna learn a lot from this match. And again, if that initial Minnesota-Seattle game goes how we think it might, where Seattle come out, take care of business, they win 3-0, 3-1, something like that, then this rocker price could go way up. If that's the case, give me Minnesota. If Minnesota look decent against Seattle or, again, win a crazy, you know, map 5, round 11 type deal, and their price falls before we even see London play, then, you know, maybe there's a little value on London. I do think they'd still be favored. 
Um, again, unless Minnesota shock and just come out super hot and beat down surge again, don't think that's going to happen. So I think the best way to play this is wait for that Minnesota loss against Seattle, you know, assuming that happens knock on wood. Cause then I think that rocker price against the Ravens could go, you know, maybe North of plus 200, um, depending on how tough it looks for them on Friday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that assessment, right? I mean, I love this game opened up plus one and a half, opened at plus 100. I wish I had taken it then. I did not. Should have got my, we're going to, I'm not going to have that happen to me again. I'm going to make sure that uh, the model's up and running and I have projections for each game by Sunday night so we get the new lines. I can, I can jump on them immediately. But no, I think that that was the, this was the issue with this, with, with this, with this team, right? And I think, I suspect they lose to Surge. And if they lose three zero three one, then this price, then that we might get plus one hundred, maybe even plus one twenty, on the spread, and then you might even get plus two hundred on the money line, right? So right now I've bet like half of what I would normally bet on 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 this game, and then I think when when that does happen, I'll double that up. Um, game, let's see, the individual spreads: Minnesota minus one and a half, map two plus one fifteen, not horrible. Plus thirty one thirty five for map four. So different options. There's definitely some options you could bet on this game, but I think yeah, wait and f- wait for the Seattle, wait for the Minnesota loss to Seattle, and then bet Minnesota. I agree. I do like this London team. I think this London team is very good. I think this team could actually compete by the end of the season. This team could definitely this London team could definitely be a top four team, maybe even like the third team, depending on how things shake out. I think it's a great young team of mostly rookies who, like, half rookies, half, like, seasoned veterans, all UK-based, I think this team could be really good. I just don't think it's there yet. I think this team is going to be one of my favorite teams to bet in. The second they play someone like a FaZe or a Toronto, if they play a FaZe or a Toronto later on in the season, like, maybe at the major, you might get an amazing price on them, and I'm definitely going to be taking them. I think this this London team is... Like, I, I like this London team before the season, and then they lost to Seattle, and I was off them a bit with the, with the Florida game, and then I immediately went on them with Optic, and then I, I was able to cash in on that, right? So I like this London team. I think they can go places, and and that's the thing. So speaking of Optic, 4.30 Saturday, Paris Legion plays Optic. Paris plus 1.5, plus 140. Optic Texas minus 1.5, minus 185. Paris plus 325 on the money line. Optic Texas minus 500. So this Optic team. So right now... Again, we are at a place where no one thought we were going to be with this Optic team. This Optic team at one point was co-favorites to win the kickoff classic. Basically dead even with FaZe. Um, at, at most, they were never like plus 200 to win the kickoff classic. They have now gone 0-3. They have lost two game fives, which again is not bad. I think losing game five, especially two game five around 11s, that is variance there. So it's saying they're not bad, but they're not losing those to the best teams, right? Like Minnesota and London, we just said they're middle of the pack teams, at least at this point, right? So if you're losing consistently, sure, you're taking to a game five, so you're kind of upper tier of of the, the middle tier, but that's not great. Again, there's a lot of daylight between someone like them and FaZe. Um, I am concerned about this Optic team. I don't think, I think long term, I think there could be problems here. People are already calling on Illy. We called on. We said Illy was a problem weeks ago. People have already started talking about Illy, and that might, he might be the first casualty of a roster change. Somehow that was Neptune, but I mean, I the thing of it is, when, it's interesting when you compare Optic to to London, because 
like London did the right choice, right? They built they built around one key player from last year. They kept Afro. Then they got zero who they wanted last year, and then they took on took on a bunch of rookies. Seattle again, same same success story, right? Built on um, grabbed accuracy and Mac, and then got two rookies, right? Great decision on them. They're in good shape. Optic decided that they well due to the merger, they basically had had access to two rosters, and they took who they believe two of the best players were from the Optic team, and two of the best players from the from the Dallas Empire team merged it into one roster. They didn't go to any rookies, and this is the thing: the way the the way these teams are succeeding now in the CDL is they're they're getting rookie talent, and that's the thing that's propelling a lot of these teams. I mean, hell, you can make the same case for Thieves, right? Draws as there as as the as the rookie, right? You got Kenny, um, you got Kenny Octane Draza, and um, and and Envoy. Envoy is actually somehow the the worst cog on that team, but this is the thing, right? Like the teams that are going to rookies and and people who haven't. Who, who are new to the scene, they're the ones that are having the most hype. They're the ones having the most success. And we're seeing, we're seeing like whenever optic loses, there's so many excuses, right? I remember last year it was, Oh, the, the, they, they're doing the map vetoes wrong. And this is, it's the server ping and it's the, it's the coaching and it's the, they didn't stack the point. Right. And now this year it's like, well, there's no real leader on this team. It's always something for this team is always, always something. And it, it's hilarious how they always find excuses. That being said, they're going to beat Paris like three over three one. But that be but like yeah, that's the thing. That's my rant about optic. But they're gonna they're gonna pretty much crush Paris because that's exactly what this optic team will do. What do you think? Do you put any hope for Paris? Are they going to go two this week? What are your thoughts on optic in general? I will say Paris have a shot if they get to a map five. I mean, both these teams have looked really bad in surge, so it's kind of anyone's game. The thing is it. <sighs> The slang is still there for Optic. Like, I'm not as worried as a lot of people are. Um, I I think they can bounce back. Like, this team is talented. It's still early in the season. Like, we're trying to figure out the game. We just switched up the meta, you know, two weeks ago from the kickoff classic. You know, so, uh, like, I don't want to give Optic excuses because they should be winning these matches. But, man, their luck has to turn around. Like... It's been kind of brutal. Like the the six five back to back, map five losses is it's tough. Like it's it's tough to see, even in that Minnesota series. Like they lose by six seconds in Berlin Hardpoint on map four when they had a huge lead. You know, it's like you clean up one little thing, and that that whole match ends. You know, Optic win three one, and it's you know everything goes wrong in the map four. And they break down in the map five, and it's a completely different narrative. So it's early in the year. I think they can turn it around. They get a really nice opponent to do that with this week. Um, That being said, I don't know if this is like a bettable line. Like, it's still pretty inflated. Um, Yeah, I I would actually kind of lean... Paris plus a map and a half, as crazy as that sounds, because again, wow, like <laughs> I mean, can Paris split but like four maps with Texas? I think they can. I think Paris's control is like sneaky underrated. I think they can compete in that mode. If both teams are bad at search, which it seems like they are, can Paris, you know, steal another one from Texas? Maybe. I do think Texas is like luck turns around at some point in search like 
these six five losses have to stop. But I mean, I know for sure Texas better hard point team, no doubt. Um, granted, the records aren't a whole lot different, but um, just slaying power like Texas has it. So I see a, a Texas three one. I'll say I'll say Paris maybe sneak out the control, or if they get their map and map one, maybe they they get that first map win. But um, I think this is kind of the week where everyone stops pressing the panic button on Optic, um, and they get a, a nice win against Paris on Saturday. So that's the way I lean. Again, I think it's an Optic three one, but I don't hate the value on Paris plus a map and a half. So you can kind of play it how you want. Um, money line, it kind of out of the question, like unless you want to lay five dollars to win one dollar on optic that seems a little steep to me and again i don't think the paris money line is worth it because paris is still at the bottom of the barrel i will say could this game fluctuate based on the boston paris match on friday maybe um i do like paris a little bit in that first match so if paris come out and impress maybe knock off boston in that first match then you could have value on optic maybe against the spread in this match but yeah it it's tough stuff for optic so far but let's slow down they will be okay illy is a concern though still like you just look at his numbers game mode to game mode his hard point kd is at 1 perfectly fine but all we've heard for like the last 3 years is illy is a search and destroy demon and he has a 0.82 in search. And in control, he has a 0.68. Like, that's gotta be better. Like, that just has to get better. Um, so I don't know if he needs to run an MP40 more often or not or switch roles with somebody else. I, I don't know. I, I think they'll be okay if they just stay the course, but... I mean, if if these sort of performances continue, like, obviously something has to change quickly. But this weekend, they'll get their win. People can calm down for at least, you know, a week. If they don't get their win, Illy's gone by Monday. Yeah, you know, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, they'll get a win probably this week against Paris. I don't know. I, I can't believe the, you're taking the plus one and a half. That's that feels crazy. But I mean, be hilarious. I like here's the thing. I'm probably not going to bet this game at all. But like, I would laugh. I, just the plus one. Even if this went to game five, I'd laugh. Think think about it this way, right? Two teams that have struggled in search and destroy. Paris more so maybe than Optic. Paris have looked lost. Optic have at least had some okay strats, but have also looked lost at times. So that map two maybe could be up for anyone. Map three, again, Paris have looked sneaky okay at control. Um, they took an offense off of Atlanta just last week. Like, they, they've they got it. And especially in a meta where tiebreakers and control go to kills. Like, to me, that, that muddies the water even further for the underdog. Like, it's good for the underdog, even though you know, generally the underdog has less slang power than the team that's favored. Like, if you get that one extra kill in four rounds, like, congrats, you're on defense, and now your odds of winning that map three go up a lot. So, 
you know, it it wouldn't shock me if Paris can push this the distance again. Don't think it happens, but I mean, if if you're like me and you think Paris come out and and give Boston a fight, like I don't hate backing them right now because that price might get worse as you get closer to Saturday. So that's what I'll say about that. Long story short, Optic should win. Don't be shocked if Paris put up a fight. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, this price is basically where the Minnesota line was or even the London line was. But if you think it's a tier below, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I The thing is, Boston-Paris is the first game. So, like, we're watching this. Paris wins game one or game two. Just immediately bet because like, they keep the lines up. So just start immediately betting on, on Paris. Right, like money line spread done, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the option. I, I don't know. This Paris team is still a huge question mark. I, I'm fairly sure they're like actively tanking. I think, like I, I there a lot of people are like, oh, they're gonna make be the first make a team change. No, I don't think they are. I think this is just the team for this year, and it's just like, cool, you're the team, and however far you get, that's how far you get, and that's uh, that's it. Um, next up. This is the after well later afternoon game, six o'clock game on Friday on Saturday. Phase versus Breach. Um, phase minus one and a half minus one ninety. Boston Breach plus one and a half plus one forty five. Phase minus five hundred. Breach plus three twenty five. This is going to be a welcome to the neighborhood from Phase. This is going to be like we're going to come in, we're going to absolutely crush you. And I mean, Boston should have lost. To, like they really should have lost to LAG. Had they not like had LAG not been horrible at at control at search it was it, the, that game was so funny because like tj came in and had like an amazing game one and two people were like oh my god tj he's back and i'm like no 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 regression's gonna hit him like really hard and then for the next two maps anytime he appeared on the screen like anytime like when you were on a, when you were on a leg player and then tj appeared on the screen he was just instantly killed it was hilarious because i was looking for it too i'm like nah tj's gonna like immediately underperform and it just sure enough he had like he was like a point six seven in, in the in the game four hard point it was because that was a blow it's basically like like i think boston got a 100 point lead and then lag just scored every other point like it was it was a beat down I, I like this is gonna be the like here's the thing if boston beats paris watch this spread because people are going to convince themselves that boston is like a top four team and can beat face and then there's so much money. Like I guarantee you, there's so much money on breach. Like there's no way that the money is on phase in this game. I think there's so much money on breach right now. And like if this, like if this line shortens any more, like already there's there's value on the phase minus one and a half, and like the individual game spreads. Um, but yeah, no, I think phase. I think phase just comes in here and, and crushes them. Um, we've made a lot of comparisons to to phase and, and the. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL team. I think that's a very adapt comparison. I think a team that can that beats has to take five games to beat Paris, but then crush it, like then just gets momentum off of a search and destroy against LA Thieves and then crushes them four to one. That's like the definition of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um I remember last season they, they struggled to beat the New York Giants. They needed a last second field goal to beat the New York Giants and then the weeks after that they easily put away other teams. So and then again, we all know what happened in the AFC uh, divisional round against Buffalo. But, but no, I mean it's the definition. This team to me is is the is the CDL equivalent of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that I think that this game is 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 phase coming out and just gonna just destroy Boston. This is gonna be the, the finally where we actually get re- realistic expectations and rational expectations for Boston. What do you think? 
Yeah, um, that's a pretty good comparison. I like that comparison to the Chiefs a lot. Uh, what I will say, let's backtrack to Atlanta versus Paris last week, right? A bit of a shock. Atlanta, Paris, they go to a map five. Granted, Atlanta take care of business uh, and win that map five. If you're Atlanta, right, you know you're one of the best teams in the league. You know Paris is one of the worst teams in the league. You play Gavudu Hardpoint map one. You play Gavudu Control map three. And I think they know those are their weak maps. So I think already you're seeing Atlanta play to get an expanded map pool. Granted, there's only, you know, 10 total maps right now. But still, like, Atlanta's like, all right, like, we're going to beat Paris no matter what. Let's play them on our worst maps. Granted, Paris are pretty good at those, at, at Gavudu. They're, you know, one and one in hard point. It's the one win they had all year against FaZe. Uh, and their Gavudu has been solid too, two and one. Again, one of those against FaZe. I think... Uh, the one question I have with this series is Bocage, right? Atlanta's success this year has come off of Bocage Hardpoint. They are miles ahead of everybody else in that mode. They're 2-0. and They are just dominating. Like, every other team that's winning that, they're winning it by 10 points, by 20 points. You know, really, really close games. They're winning their games by, like, 100 points. It's insane. They're 2-0 and on that. Boston are 0-2. I think... Very obviously, you're going to get a Boston veto of Bocage unless they scrim it really well and we just haven't seen it yet um, in the CDL. But I think we're not going to see Bocage Hardpoint. That gives me a little pause. I do still think Atlanta, they're a phenomenal search and destroy team. You just watch them play and you're like, okay, wow, yeah, these guys have it figured out. Granted, Celium might be doing some stuff that you know, not everyone's a fan of with trying to get aim assist through walls, but like if it's in the game, he can use it. Like you're not going to police that. Like same thing with snaking. Like people complain that, you know, he and other players, you know, they snake and it, you know, gives them an advantage in game. But it's like, if that's a game mechanic, everyone can do it. So you gotta, you know, it is what it is. Long story short on this match, if you think that Boston-Paris match goes how I think it might, which is, uh, oh, Boston kind of struggled, maybe even lose outright, backing them against FaZe might make sense, again, as long as we're not seeing a Bocage hard point. But if Boston come out and handle Paris pretty easily in that first match, I think you're right about how people are going to be backing Boston. This FaZe price could drop. And you might get like an Atlanta phase minus one and a half at, you know, minus 150, which I will take. It's it's not often we get a, a phase price that low because, again, I still think there's doubt in people's minds about how good this team is just based on what we saw at the kickoff and what we saw against Paris. You know, I, I think that Paris match is really sticking out in people's heads more than the, um, than the Thieves match from last week, which uh, surprises me quite a bit. So... Again, this is a wait-and-see match, as a lot of them are for me on day two and day three. But, um, yeah, again, if I can see the map set before this plays out, if I see a Bocage, it makes my decision very easy. Um, and I think that decision is Atlanta. So uh, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Obviously, a lot can change uh, between now and then. But, um, yeah, the the Atlanta being back 
kind of storyline that's being created, I think is an accurate one. Well, to some degree, right? I think, I mean, here's the thing. Give me the, anytime they play Surge or Toronto, give me those, give me those teams before them, right? Like, are they back to crushing, like, teams? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, like, I think they're gonna, there's going to be series they struggle in. And I think that if you do, um, I think there's there's going to be times to bet against FaZe. I just don't think that this Boston breach team, which, again, we're buying at the absolute high of the market. Like, this is like a, this is like a, you're buying a company that's, like, insanely overvalued. And, like, you're expecting us to buy this Boston breach team at, at this price. And it, it's insane. Like the, this, this phase team is too good. This breach team is has good pieces, but it's nowhere near as it's nowhere near this level. I don't think of comparison to phase. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Now the final final game on Saturday, thieves versus mutineers. Thieves minus one and a half, minus one forty five. Mutineers plus one and a half, plus one ten. Um. Th- uh, minus 360 for the money line for Thieves, um, plus 250 for the money line for Florida. Um, so, I've got this as... I've actually got this game surprisingly closer than the than the New York Subliners game. I actually have this going to 5, kind of, but I have, this is really close. I have, like, I have Thieves winning the first hard point, then I have Florida winning the second, then I, then I have... Um, fl- Basically, them winning the search five six five, control three two. If thieves winning the second hard point, but then I have Florida winning the game five. So I see some value on thieves here. And again, if we're looking at the at the at the results here, and we see and if thieves beat um, if thieves beat subliners significantly. Then, because then the, before this was going to suck, right? Because it was going to be thieves versus Florida. Thieves were going to thieves were going to beat Florida. Then you're going to have an even worse price going into the subliners game. Well, if they beat subliners, then you're actually going to get a really good value on Florida, and that may not be horrible. Like you might get Florida at like plus one fifty, plus three, like three hundred of the money line, plus one fifty on the on the spread, right? You might actually get some pretty good value on on this Florida team and. I'm actually pretty intrigued by that. If we get there again, the problem though is that we have I favor um, I favor um, thing in every map, but at the same time though, um, all of them are really close, right? So you'd expect Florida to pick off something here or there. I still like this phase team, but I'm not like uh, this thieves team. Sorry, I still like this thieves team, but I think there's a couple pieces missing. Octane is like. Octane is not producing as much as Kenny and Draza, which is fine. He doesn't need to per se, but if he was producing as much as them, then they'd just be blowing people out. But he's just not right now, right? That's the thing. So I don't know. I, I think this Florida Mutineers team, I, I don't love betting on them, but there's times there's value in them. And I, I don't, maybe this is one of the times, maybe this is kind of a weird matchup where these teams are like somehow equal because of, some really close stats on, on some things. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think, um, do you think this is, there's some value on Florida here? Or are you going to be, do you think, do you, well, I'll ask you the question, basically what I sum up before is Steve have a better chance of beating, of covering the spread against Florida or against, uh, against uh, subliners. What do you think? Ooh, good question. I would say, hmm, I would say they have a better chance covering versus subliners. Again, just, 
I just see that match. There's a, a really high possibility that that match is just thieves completely overwhelm an unprepared New York team. Like, I can just see that being the case very easily. But you put these two teams head-to-head, like, I think Thieves are the favorite. I have them winning this match about 61% of the time, which means that there's value on Florida. Like, however you want to play it, money line or against the spread, I think these teams are super close in search and in control. It's just a matter of, can Florida take a hard point? And if they can take their own, I think they can win this match. Um, Yeah, I think this is just a classic example of, two teams in the same tier playing each other and the price difference indicates that they're not in the same tier. I also think this match in terms of like internet ping could be really interesting. Florida are playing from Miami and the thieves are playing from Los Angeles. So that'll be fun. Um, They probably play on like a Texas server. I don't know how that works, but it could be again in a league where like, so many matches are online and like pings matter and like it like just give me the underdog like i don't know what's going to happen and i think florida aren't a bad team um what surprises me is right thieves just came off of a pretty bad opening match loss versus phase and florida bounced back in a big way and took care of business uh, against paris legion so those are the last matches we've seen, yet this price is still so drastic. But I agree. I think you play this how we talked about maybe playing the Minnesota matches. Wait for Thieves to come out and take care of business against New York. That Florida price should go up even more, theoretically. Um, and then that's when you take Mutineers. So e- either way you play it, Mutineers are the play. Um I, obviously, I can see Thieves winning. I think the most likely scenario is Thieves in four. Um, but yeah, don't be shocked if Florida take them out in five maps. Even if they get to five maps, you're getting value on that too. So um, yeah, give me Mutineers. I just, like, I understand that their opponents have been underwhelming, right? Kickoff Classic, they take care of LAG. People are like, okay, where's LAG? You know, Toronto takes them out pretty easily in round two. We get to last week, Florida, you know, unimpressive first match, and then they bounce back against the worst team in the league. So that's, I think, what a lot of people are waiting is just, oh, who have they beat? Um, But, you know, you can only beat who's on your schedule. So, um, yeah, would not shock me at all if Florida pulled this off. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I would not be surprised at it. And again, this is where I believe this is no, this is Florida's first match of the weekend, but it comes late on Saturday. Again, I would I would not be surprised at all if we see something along the lines of like um we get like if these win the first game, we get a we get a they their lines their their price goes up. We get Florida's price going down. We get an amazing value on Florida. We get that Florida wins, and then they immediately get destroyed by Toronto. Um, so that uh, on 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 Sunday. But yeah, no, I I could see like I think a lot of these teams like Florida and and Thieves again. There's not a lot of differentiation between some of these teams, and I think that's the key. I think like you can draw a line from Boston all the way down to New York and there's not a huge, in terms of the teams, right? Not a huge bit of difference between those two. Like this is top three. 
there's a gap, then there's a lot of other people, and there's a gap, and then there's Paris. That's the way I view it right now, at least. And I just, uh, I think you're going to get a lot of value when, like, when you see teams that are, like, basically even, and you're getting the underdog for plus 250, you take the underdog, right? Because that means that you, even if they lose, like, if you bet that three times, right, odds are, if, if, if you got them, if they're basically even, and you're basically a coin flip, so you're fine. say you buy it four times, right? Then that means that you're you're plus money. It's a, it's a plus it's a plus value proposition to start betting things at plus two fifty, right? Because if 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 it's if you're bet, if you're betting coin flips at plus two fifty, you're going to make a lot of money, right? So it's plus value, and then again, you can start looking at individual game spreads, right? Like Florida, like what are the, what are the game spreads here? Let's see here. Um, game one, thieves minus thirty nine and a half, right? That could even go up by the time the that could even be higher by the time the the floor, the the thieves subliners game is over, right? Like if that's a if that's a plus forty five, I don't see why you don't take a plus forty five. Florida's not like that bad. They got they got beat up by London, yes, but there was ping issues, right? I have no idea why you wouldn't uh, why you wouldn't look at it that way. But yeah, no, I I think I think that's a that's a re- like I think that we're going to find a lot of times when we see some value like that. I think this is one of the spot values in there as well. Next up. London versus LAG. Um, again, these are two teams we're talking about a lot. I think we're kind of liking to bet on them. London minus one and a half, minus on thirty-five. LAG plus one and a half, plus one hundred five. London minus three ten on the money line. LAG plus two twenty-five on the money line. I think there's value on LAG in this game. Again, like when we talk about the tiers, not a lot of difference between these teams right now. At least right now, right? I mean, maybe through the season we can start seeing differentiation. We can get different tiers within that big middle tier. But like honestly, like LEG is amazing at hardpoint, maybe better at hardpoint than than Ravens. Right? Would not surprise me to see LEG win game one and four to send it to game five. That's where you cash the plus one and a half, and then it's a game five search. Probably London wins that. But again, if you're betting, and again, this is the point, right? This is why you always bet throw something on the money line in, in a lot of these games, right? Because if you're in a game five and you're sitting on a plus two twenty five ticket, you'd be much rather sitting on that plus two twenty five ticket than the minus three ten ticket, right? Then at that point, it's like you're at plus 225 to win just one game, and you've already cashed it, and if you structure it properly, it means you're already plus, right? So, I, I like LEG in this game, honestly. I think I think LEG could could definitely cover the spread. I think they could uh, I think they could win this game outright. What do you think? Yeah, this is one where I mean, both teams are playing earlier in the weekend. I think if those matches kind of like, like if London takes care of business against Minnesota and LAG loses to Toronto, which is the most likely outcome according to the odds, then I think it's a good time to back LAG. We saw it last week with LAG. They come out against Boston, don't quite get it done. Their price goes up the next match and oh, all of a sudden they beat New York and no one saw it coming. It's like, we <laughs> again, there's just not a lot of maps we're going off of. Underdogs matter. And, like, recency bias matters, too. Like, it's okay that LAG lost a day ago because that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose today. Like, just there's always value in those teams off of bounce backs. Um, So this is one I'd wait on just to see, like, for sure London get the win over Minnesota, LAG get the loss versus Toronto. If they both end up winning or both end up losing, I think I'm going to stay away from it. Um, 
because again, it's it's one of those tough ones where it's like I think both teams are in the same tier, but man, London are hot, and I kind of just don't want to step in front of them. But again, if you're gonna make me pick, then yeah, I'll, I'll go LAG. You know, plus a map and a half, maybe at plus money, that makes a lot of sense. Because um, yeah, I, I do think these teams are somewhat close in hard point and in search. Uh, London seems to have the advantage in control. Uh, so yeah, if if LAG can just take their map picks, this should go to a map five. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's always tough to say. But again, this is one that's <clears throat> so far away that I, I can't bet it now unless I had really strong feelings about their initial matches. Uh, and I just, I'm not quite there with those. So uh, for me right now, I stay away. But again, it could just be a, a nice, you know, pick the team that's bouncing back. That's probably LAG. Um, so maybe just wait for them. Because again, that price could go up to plus 250 or higher. And if that's the case, like, Give me the underdog every time. So, yeah, I will say that this line, the other LAG game, and then the two Minnesota games, those lines tighten. So I think there are some, I think there's some people with some models that are making the same bets as we are. That they're they're seeing the same things and they're they're moving the market. So, and again, it's always important to get on these lines early, right? I mean, I get into like the the new games uh, went up online on Bet Three Six Five Sunday night. May or may not happen this week because of the Super Bowl. I don't know, but very possible we could be seeing CDL lines um, at halftime, possibly. Um, but if not, then Monday morning they're all up, right? So at that point, take a look at what's there. If you see some value, start grabbing stuff immediately, right? And I, I'm sad I couldn't do it, but we're gonna get on it this week. But yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think it's really important to start looking at value and especially realizing how prices affect things. Like I was really surprised last week when like when um when Paris one map won against FaZe, I was still able to grab Thieves at like huge at a at an amazing price against against FaZe later on in the week. Now again, of course that didn't cash, but at the same time though, that was a really great bet. And the same thing when, when London was taking the fight to uh to Optic, I just doubled up on, on my Minnesota bet and that cashed, right? So Again, a lot of different ways you can play these things. And remember, when you're when you're watching a game and you see something happen, immediately look to see if there's any value in a betting line left. And if you could take something like, like if this happens or this team wins or loses, right? What does that mean going forward, right? I think there's a lot of ways you could you could treat that, and it's a really it's a really important thing to think about. Kind of the 3D chess of how each of these games are playing out. The last game due to the Super Bowl. Toronto Ultra versus Fleur Mutineers. Now, actually, this game's starting at 4.30. The interesting, this game may or may not be taking place during the Super Bowl, because, again, it depends on if the game goes a little bit long. Toronto minus 1.5, minus 190. Florida plus 1.5, plus 145. Toronto minus 4.60 on the money line. Florida plus 3.15. I like Toronto here. My model's got Toronto as about a minus 143. So, it's, I mean, it's not the best, but I've got the Florida line pegged exactly. So I've got Toronto favored in all five maps. So you could a three Oh is definitely in play here. Um, especially if you see something where, um, what is the three Oh exactly? Ampavada three O is plus plus one eighty five. That's not bad. I could see a three Oh here. This Toronto team has generally plays Florida very well. 
I think this Florida team might like it'd be hilarious if this Florida team takes the fight to if this Florida team takes the fight to the thieves and then immediately gets blown up by Toronto. I think that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I'm going Toronto here. And again, if if LAG takes the fight to Toronto, then watch out because then you're gonna get an amazing price. Wait, wait, like 24 hours, and you're gonna get an amazing price on Toronto against uh, Florida, right? So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. What do you What do you think? Are you with me on on Toronto, or do you think are you gonna double take Florida for for the value play here? I think I'm with you on Toronto. Uh, I will say, if you like Florida, I think take them now, just based on what we talked about with the Florida LA Thieves match uh, and how the potential upset could be had there. Um, but yeah, Toronto's better in every mode. Um, they beat them at the kickoff classic, granted different meta, but still it's data points that point to Toronto. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this honestly will move a lot. Uh, again, Toronto, we expect to beat LAG in that first match, but LAG could make things scrappy. Uh, I, I just believe in this Toronto team. I, I think they're clearly in the top tier. Right, they lose a heartbreaker to Seattle last weekend. If if they pull out the round eleven, right, we're talking about Toronto, like we're talking about Seattle. Um, yeah, and, and Florida again. I've I've praised them. They are a competent team that just seems to be getting disrespected. Again, I think they could come out and beat Thieves, and then it wouldn't shock me at all if the next day they come out and are a little flat to a team they already lost to, uh, and a team that just frankly is better than them. So um, I think I'll wait, um, see if that Florida match versus Thieves goes the way I think it could with a Florida upset. Maybe that Toronto price drops a little bit the next day, and um, maybe that would be the time to strike on Toronto. But yeah, definitely in this Toronto, um, kind of the opposite of phase when we're talking about maps head-to-head. Toronto 0-2, Right on Bocage, I already mentioned that Florida they are two and zero on Bocage. So if you're going just off of records and you know what vetoes we might see, uh, we might not see a Bocage hard point this match, which should help Toronto quite a bit. Um, but who knows? Toronto might want to keep playing that map to uh, see if they can figure out their own strats. Obviously, still early in the year, so vetoes are kind of hard to predict. Uh, just with such small sample sizes for each team. But I just, I don't see a lot pointing to taking Florida here. Um, Granted, if Florida come out and look flat against LA Thieves the day before, maybe their price gets inflated to a point where they're worth taking against Toronto. But I just can't see that happening. So again, I think a wait and see approach on this one, but early lean to Toronto for sure. And that's it. Um, what do you think about like some parlays on here? We already talked about the boost, the Boston and Minis- and, and Seattle boost to plus 100. Do you think we should start parlaying some of these spreads, right? Like, should you spread, like, should you parlay optic minus one and a half, phase minus one and a half, and then like, that's about it for that one. Um, like, there's a couple ones you could try to you could you could parlay here. What do you what do you think? Do you think you should be should we be parlaying a lot of stuff this week, or should we just betting this stuff straight up? Yeah, if I'm I'm one to just kind of go straight up on everything. Um, yeah, I'm not a hedger. I'm not a parlay guy. I just kind of like 
picking what I pick. But if you want to have some fun and parlay some stuff, uh, yeah, just parlay whatever you think has value. Like, um, uh, to me, that's a lot of plus one and a half. I see a lot. I mean, obviously, I like a lot of underdogs. So I like a lot of money line underdogs. If you don't want to get that crazy with it, like, I don't mind taking a bunch of plus one and a halfs at plus money. Like that opening match Paris, I kind of like plus one Oh five on the spread. Um, maybe combining that with, uh, let's say, I don't know, maybe, maybe the thing is like, if you parlay that with Minnesota, London, that's not until the next day that price could fluctuate a lot. So yeah, that that's kind of the reason with with parlays I don't love them because I just know I'm not going to get closing line value on something probably at some point. But um, yeah, no, go for it if if you like uh, a couple teams a lot and you want to have a little fun. Like, yeah, all for it. For sure. Yeah, I think I think that's about it for this week. Um, I think again we don't have any pricing points for the major yet. What do you like? If you had to pick, so what? If, are you going to? We'll talk about the major quickly, super, super quickly here. If you had to pick three teams you would like to bet on for the major, and we'll ask this again next week, obviously. Which three teams? Is it just like because we're probably going to get some sort of plus money combination of Atlanta, Toronto, and Seattle? Do you think we just bet those three, hedge it out some way, and then like that's it? We just bet on all three of them to win, and then whoever wins wins. Is, do you think that's the, the sustainable thing, or do you think they're? Do you think are you looking at anybody else? That's a good question. Um, boy, yeah, a lot depends on who makes winner's bracket. Obviously, the structure is uh, a little different than it was last year at the majors. So, um, like, last year we had the one seeds got uh, essentially double buys. Um, this year it's the top eight play each other in round one. So eight or one plays eight, two plays seven three plays six and four plays five that's round one those losers go to losers bracket round one so that's a little bit of a fluctuation i think new york could be destined for losers bracket which we should have done like a bold predictions thing last week because i would have said that just based on their schedule being an absolute gauntlet and the fact that they came out and struggled last week um yeah new york seems destined for losers i think oh like, it, it's tough to say because we don't have, like, the prices on who's going to win Major 1 right now, I don't think. Um, I do no. think Texas bounces back. I think they end up in winner's bracket despite the 0-2 start. Um, That's kind of bold, actually. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I mean, their their schedule eases up a, a little, right? They get Paris this week. That's about the easiest match you could get. Um, the match after that they have is Toronto, so that could be tough. Um, wow. And then they close it out with Boston. Uh, in their last match so That's again if you, can, if you can win two out of three though I, I think you're you're okay there um i think losers bracket's going to be mostly just the teams that go zero and five or one and four um so if you're two and three you're kind of on the bubble but i think you're okay uh so yeah i i think texas can take care of paris can take care of um boston although right boston might be better than i give them credit for They'll definitely be underdogs against Toronto unless Toronto have a bad weekend this weekend. But um, again, a match I think they can pull out if we think they're as good as they could be uh, or if they just, you know, fix a thing here and there. Other teams, 
I, I think if London keeps this up, which they very well could, they might be a team to fade at the major. Um, they get Minnesota this week. Uh, then after that, they get LAG again this week. And then next week's match, they get Seattle. I mean, there's a realistic chance London come in 5-0, like as crazy as that sounds. Um, they're favored in both of their matches this weekend. And if they can uh, get revenge from the kickoff classic and beat Seattle, like we're seeing a 5-0 London, um, I, I think that would be a team I would want to fade a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're still so far away. It's 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 tough to kind of go through all the permutations of what could end up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited. We're we're I say we're still far away, but we're uh, we're actually just a few weeks away. So uh, it'll come up quick, and um, yeah, it'll be exciting for sure. There is a break in there too. I think between the the last week, I think there's like a week off. But no, I mean, yes. I, yeah, I I mean, obviously, you need to see the prices, right? We're not we're not locking in any bets yet. But, like, it's kind of fun to think about where some teams could be. Like, LAG might be a team. I think I'd look to, like, the... Like, I think, obviously, the top three, depending on their prices. And I think I could I could see myself placing a bet on Thieves, Ravens, and LAG, I think. Maybe Minnesota, if, the, if it was, like... If you give me some ridiculous price on Minnesota. But Minnesota's schedule is, like, now insane, right? Because now Minnesota has played Optic... They're going to play Seattle. They're going to play London. Again, all three of those could be winner's bracket teams. LAG, a team that could also be winner's bracket. Um, no, sorry, not LAG. And phase, phase and then LAG, right? So, mm-hmm. like, they could, their entire, all five matches could be against, like, some of the top teams in the league, right? So, and again, this is what we're talking about, right? Like, although subliner schedule is is brutal, and it is still brutal, I'm not denying that. We weren't talking before. I don't think you had Minnesota schedule is so hard, but now look at now look at our, how tough it is, right? So like, well, our, yeah, yeah, it's, like these schedules uh, evolve, and again, that's not that's not any fault of of your model in any way, because it, it, and it is it, you'll as you get as we further as we go further in the season, you'll get a lot more accurate with terms of starting the schedule, but like I I just think that like we we had some like some people had some conceptions of like how the strength of scheduling will work. And like, I think that's just been thrown out the window completely. And it's like, I think Minnesota's schedule is now infinitely harder than people thought it was going to be. Cause they, now they have like, it's early season to be like, Oh, Seattle, that's fine. No, it's not fine. Right. And like, even, um, even the, well, Thieves has Paris, but I mean, Toronto's isn't particularly easy to, right. They had Seattle. They're going to have optic Florida. I mean, LAG like the question is where where's LAG going to fit into this and um yeah it's uh oh no what was the one Florida was I think no Florida had yeah I mean it, schedules are weird and it is before when we had the divisions the nice thing about the divisions was that you were able to sit down and be like okay each division has a top 2 team a top another top 4 team then a top sixteen, you were you had some you had some leveling off of the divisions where there was there was clear tiers in there, and again a lot of them got scrambled in, in individual things, but at least there was like some level like there was a bad team in the division. You got like at least two bad teams in each in each group, and then you were able to play those teams. That doesn't exist anymore, right? The bottom right. is gone, and now you can you can end up either playing all bottom teams or you can play all top teams, and that's I think where the where the challenge is, but. Yeah, I mean, your thoughts. Do you think this is a better format, or do you think last year's format was was better for 
for kind of level competition? Um, yeah, I like last year's more. Um, I understand where the COD League is coming from saying like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a, as balanced a schedule as we can make, which they did. The thing is, you know, stage to stage, it's not going to be level for everybody. Like this stage, New York schedule is like miles harder more difficult than optics or than Atlanta's. But, you know, I haven't checked the schedule for next stage. It could be the complete opposite. So as the year goes on, it should level off. Now, even still, team schedules might not line up nicely where you're running into hot teams constantly. And, you know, it is what it is. On the flip side, teams might, you know, it's like in the NFL, if you're if you're a team playing, you know, backup quarterbacks, you know, like four out of five weeks just because you lucked into it and the teams you play keep dropping their starter. It's like that could technically happen, but again, over the whole year, the schedule should balance out. Um, but yeah, last year was fun. Like the whole draft, your division, like that was interesting to me. Like the the game theory aspect of like if you're team A, you know, like, the league might think, you know, Team X is better than Team Y, but if Team A struggles more against Team Y, they're going to send that team to the other division. So you have these kind of interesting um, balances where each division maybe didn't play out how we thought it would, just based on teams, um, you know, trying to get rid of those teams that they struggled with. So that was really intriguing to me. I wish they played that up more. Like they just kind of released a, a 10 minute video every, you know, Friday before the stage of like, all right, here's the draft of the division. Um, but I don't know. I, I get both sides, but, um, but yeah, you're right in that like stage one schedules aren't fair. Obviously you're playing five of 11 opponents. So there's a chance you play the top five teams. There's a chance you play the bottom five teams. And there's a chance you play a, a middle of both of those. So, you know, it, it's tough. To be fair, I did have Minnesota one point easier than the bottom teams in terms of strength of schedule. And that was with London ranked as the 11th best team. So I think, you know, moving forward, Minnesota for sure has the toughest schedule. But, um, but yeah, these things will just create kind of a an ebb and flow of like teams we think are hot teams we don't think are hot because again you might just luck into a really nice schedule for a stage that vaults you into winner's bracket and you go on a run and maybe win the major so it creates a little more chaos you know that can be exciting for for people but um i i think i'd like to see him go back to uh to what we had last year or again just do like an 11 team round robin uh, before every major. So it's completely fair with every stage. You're playing everybody the exact same number of times um, and it's more COD. So we'll see, maybe they do something like that next year, maybe not, but um, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about what the CEL should do to, you know, fix kind of their, their viewership and how exciting their matches are and stuff. But um you know, we got what we got, so 
Uh, teams might be lucky, they might not be, but uh, at the end of the day, you got to win COD. So, <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's um, I think it's mostly it's pretty simple. Yeah, like they we should just be playing. Yeah, you should play everybody around Robin, and then maybe if you want to have have divisions and like maybe have another game on top of that where like you play half the teams, you play another five teams one. Like there's things you could do to make this even, but they just didn't do it because apparently we can only have ten matches a weekend. So I don't know. But one more thing I want to mention though about this and it ties into Neptune, right? Because we've already had our first roster change. My my thinking is this because we Seattle um, Subliners have now played five games. Um, and you're looking at a team like Paris. Um, if a team lo- lost their their kickoff classic game. And then they lose all of their, um, and then lose all their um, seeding, regular season games for stage one, and then they lose the first thing. You now have a seven-game sample size. Do you think that's enough to evaluate talent? Like, is this has this been fair and up to? He's played five games for them now. Yes, he struggled. I mean, we can make the same case about Illy. Make the same case about that. And again, I actually think that the someone has made the right decision. If they want to make a change, they need to make the change now because you don't want to. Because if you get to if if they lose all five before the major, and they lose the first game of the major, do you make the decision then? Okay, well, you guess what? We're a quarter of the way through the season. Do you make the decision now, or do you go to another stage? Okay, well then they're halfway through the season, right? Then you're starting to risk not getting to champs if things are going badly, right? So. Do you think it's the right decision to to make like do you think it's fair to make a decision based off of a sample size of like maybe 7 games? Do you think that's fair or not? Uh, from the outside looking in, no, but you know, I'm not a player on the subliner so I can't say. I, I, I here's what I will say. Um if you watch that New York ooh, who I don't know who they were playing last week, but there was that listening where Krim was like everybody shut up and calmed down like it was it was not good like um that was Seattle okay yeah 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 you can tell from that listening like yikes like I don't know if I've ever heard of a team talk like that um now New York is set up in a way where it's like it's two vets and it's two young guns and the vets kind of tell the young guns what to do um so that's fair but I mean, if you're Krim and Clay and you go like, hey, Neptune, like there's some disconnect between him and the rest of us, or like, I'm not in there every day. If if they know there's a disconnect that they just cannot fix, then fix, like then, then take action now, right? You get first dib on whoever you want in challengers or a substitute or whatever, you know, so there is an advantage in making the first roster move, I think. But yeah, from the outside looking in, it's tough. It's like, well, we've only seen Neptune play a handful of matches, and he hasn't looked horrible. Like he he's definitely underwhelmed. I will say that. But um, I think we'd like to see him in the league. I think he's a good player. Um, maybe a trade. I I talked about it with you before we started recording. Maybe a Neptune for Vivid trade might make sense. Um, although I don't know if Florida would really want to do that so early because they have performed okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely an interesting roster move. We, we'll see how it shakes out. 
again, we're not expecting a lot for them um, like tomorrow now, just because it's such short notice with a new player. But um, in the long run, this could end up working if they just know that they cannot work with Neptune for whatever reason. Um, he's a, gr- a great player, uh, as are the rest of the subliners. But if the coordination just isn't there, then it's time to move on. So I can see it both ways, but um, I'd like to see Neptune back in the league at some point. And I know he tweeted out like the I'll be back gif on Twitter, like as soon as he got the news. So um, I'm sure he will be uh, at some point here or there. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely one of the best storylines leading into this weekend for sure. I mean, if you're Paris, right? I don't understand why you wouldn't, if you, if you're going to spend any money at all, I don't know why you wouldn't grab him. I can't really think of any other teams. Maybe thieves. If Envoy continues to be a problem, maybe, maybe you take a Optic, chance. Bench Illy, put in Neptune. Like then you have kind of three SMG type players. You know, but, I mean, an Illy for Neptune yeah. trade is not like the worst idea. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Illy reunites with Krim and Clay. Like that. Yeah, we might be onto something there with that. Throw in scum, but, and then, scum yeah. for Hydra, and then there you go. You get the, <laughs> you get old optic in New York, and then you get new, you get a brand new optic in, uh, in Dallas. But no, I mean that. I think we'll leave it there for now. Again, we'll talk more about. Maybe we'll know about royalty. I will say that he is on. He he was scouted for. He's Canadian, and he was scouted for the Toronto Ultra team. And judging by how well they've been scouting people in the past, that means he's probably pretty good. But again, they've been talking they've been like how who knows how long he's even talked to Krim and clay for right maybe they talked to them a couple hours already like maybe they talked to him a couple days earlier this week but like it's possible that they've just started talking today and at that point like, could we really expect them to beat like kenny andraza and and octane tomorrow i i don't that's really iffy for me but i think we're gonna i think we're gonna like this this subliner teams going forward but anyways thank you for coming on as always and, and sharing your insight and uh let's see uh let's hope we agree on we we disagreed on some bets but we agreed on a lot of other ones and uh yeah let's uh let's see where we go to this weekend uh good luck and yeah see you next week same to you yep